I'm quite the fan of horror stories. I've seen hundreds of films, many of which are clearly a campfire tale told to scare children. Every now and then, you happen upon a horror film that's based on a true story. Even these seem thin by comparison. Having enjoyed hundreds of horror movies and read dozens of scary novels, I've become somewhat immune to the shock value of many of them. What still gets me excited is hearing urban legends and ghost stories that happen to people in real life. Stories told outside of the Hollywood backdrop. But again, I'm aware that they're just that. Stories. To me, this true story seemed anything but. Eddie and Dean and I were sitting in the bed of Eddie's truck, drinking a few beers and just telling stories. I was busy at school the evening prior, so they had gone for a drive up in the mountains. I had taken this drive before, as it was the only way to get to the local lake. I was not too interested in a driving story, unless there were sketchy hitchhikers or a car being stranded in an abandoned area. Seeing as how Eddie and Dean were sitting in front of me, I doubted either of those events had happened. But I politely listened, hoping that there was saving grace to this tale. Eddie told me that they stopped to take a piss right outside the dam entrance. They both armed their pistols, stepped out of the truck, and went to take care of business. Dean had started to make his way back to the truck when he heard a noise. He pulled his gun, and Eddie followed suit. This is when I stopped politely listening and started attentively listening. Dean kept walking towards the truck, pistol pointed out. Eddie grabbed a flashlight out of the passenger side door and tossed it to Dean. Dean shone the light about 20 yards away from them. What they saw terrified even me, and I wasn't there to experience it. Eddie gave me a full description of what he saw. Well, at first I thought it was a coyote, or mountain lion or something. It's hard to see out there. It was sitting there until we shone our lights on it. It immediately stood up on two legs and looked back at us. It was a tall creature, maybe six feet tall, and had these spiked things up on its back. Red eyes, sharp teeth, nothing like I had ever seen before. Dean popped up a shot, and it ran faster than seems possible for a creature its size. My eyes were wide open. Now this was a story. I pulled out my phone and searched for an image. I showed it to Eddie, and he stopped talking mid-sentence. That's it. That's what I saw. I confirmed this with Dean, and he nodded and promptly, yet nervously, lit a cigarette, slowly turning his head as if to check if something was watching us. The image I had shown them was a rendering sketch of the Chupacabra. We live in Arizona, so the myth of the Chupacabra was relevant in the region of the states. Reluctant as I was to go on a real ghost hunt, we all piled in Eddie's truck the next day and made the trip out there. I had to see for myself whether something was out there or if this was a joke bred from boredom. After encountering the beast a few days ago, Dean and Eddie had increased their firepower significantly. In the truck now were three pistols, two shotguns, a rifle, and half a dozen flashlights, a coyote call, and about 12 pounds of beef jerky. It was a few hours drive to the dam, so I shut my eyes for the first hour or so. Eddie reached in the back seat and tapped me awake. We were pulling over on the side of the road. Hey, we got a leak. Grab the pistol next to you and stand guard. What did he mean, stand guard? From what? 
I rubbed my eyes and grabbed the gun. Dean was much more brave than Eddie, in that he walked a good 50 yards away to piss. Eddie walked no further than 10 feet. I pulled a flashlight and shouted around. The truck had pulled to the side of the road, up against the side of a small mountain. My light hit a cave-type formation in the middle of the mountain. The hair on the back of my neck stood on end, and I silently urged the guys to hurry up. Guys, come on! Dean yelled from the distance. Eddie left the truck running and he ran over to Dean on the other side of the road, pistol at the ready. We were terrified, but we reached Dean. Look at this! He followed his finger to see a puddle of urine. Big gulps, man. He zipped up his zipper and we punched him and made our way back to the truck. The truck was no longer running, a detail we had failed to notice at the time. I was wide awake now, so I kept my eyes fixated out the window. The road was a narrow and windy road, curved out of the mountain, so there wasn't much to see other than the mountainside ten feet away from the truck. Another hour had passed, and we pulled over at a scenic overview spot to stretch. I didn't get out of the truck completely. I was uncomfortable and, honestly, a little uneasy. I still wasn't sure if they were yanking my chain, or if this was a real adventure. Dean reached in the back and grabbed the shotgun. Let's hike down to the ridge over there. I did not see where he was pointing. It was pitch black and the moon was nowhere to be seen, but I again grabbed the pistol and a flashlight and followed him down. Eddie followed behind. We hiked for a few minutes, barely able to see where we were stepping. We were far enough away from the truck that I couldn't see anymore. Somehow, that tiny truck made me feel safer than being exposed out in the open. We stopped at a ridge, and Dean threw a rock down the river below. He clearly had been here before, and was showing us around. I looked at Eddie, and he smiled. I know that smile. He was about to screw with me. He quickly reached into his pocket, and pulled out the coyote call, and in one fast motion sounded it off. This scared the shit out of me. He called it again, but this time, there was a response. Great. There was coyotes in the area. I was used to coyotes, and did not fear them. If they did come close enough, you can kick them and win the fight. What the coyotes did next, however, chilled my bones. They were howling in response, and suddenly they stopped. Not as if they had lost interest, but as if they were interrupted. Dean cocked a shotgun, and we started to make our way back to the truck. I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed the incident. We hopped in the truck and took off before the doors were shut. Not a word was said for a good five minutes. I leaned forward in the front seat and looked at Eddie. The hell was that? There was a pause, and then Eddie laughed. You're an ass, I said chuckling as I sat back down. The mood needed to be lightened after that frightening experience, so Eddie threw on some country music, and we cranked the speakers. There's no one out here to hear it and complain anyway. We were acting like idiots. Garth Brooks and Johnny Cash at the top of our lungs. We'd all cheered up and let our guard down. A small bridge had appeared just around the corner. Dean turned the radio down and continued driving. Almost there. I didn't have to ask where we were. I knew what he meant. Eddie slowly pulled at the coyote call, but I saw him and he yanked it out of his hands. Nice try, buddy. I chucked it in the back seat. There was an uncomfortable silence as we crossed the bridge. We touched the land on the other side, and an immediate sensation of danger overcame us following rapidly by feelings of uneasiness and paranoia. We were trespassing something's territory and being watched. 
Never had I felt eyes in the back of my neck so vibrant. Dean was driving awfully slow. As the road had thickened up, it was not as well maintained in the rest. Eddie put down the beef jerky and turned the radio off completely. He motioned for his guns, and I began passing them out. I attached the pistol to my hip and held the rifle in my lap. I attached two flashlights to my belt. I felt as if I was about to engage in a firefight. Two minutes had passed, and we came up to a little shack in a parking lot. Eddie mentioned that this was the bathroom they had stopped at a few days ago. My heart sank. I'll just stay in the car, I thought to myself. Dean parked the truck at the passenger side next to the shack, and we all exited the vehicle, hesitantly. The bathroom doors were closed. None of us had to use the bathroom, so we walked down to the walkway and looked out over the dam. It's a long walk in the dark with nothing more lighting the area than three dim lights on top of a dam nearly a mile away. We got to the covered walkway at the end and stared at the dam for a bit. Dean leaned his gun against the railing and pulled out his phone and started playing creepy music. I chuckled and started to walk back to the truck. I feel like they have been having a laugh at my expense. I holstered my pistol and strapped the rifle to my back. There was nothing to be worried about, but as all stories go, once you let your guard down, the threat strikes. I was leading us on the walkway, humming along to the creepy music on Dean's phone. Simultaneously, they both shoved me out of the way, guns drawn. They ran ahead a few feet and my hand reached for my pistol. I had felt something watching us, but didn't want to point it out. Knowing that the guys were messing with me, but this, this was real. Dean unlocked the truck as we continued around the walkway. I turned on my flashlight and we picked up the pace. We were not alone. Eddie hopped in the driver's seat and Dean and I approached the passenger side. We both noticed that the bathroom door was previously closed. It was now open, a little more than a crack. There was something in there, something with the capability of opening up a heavy steel door. We both hopped in the truck and Eddie started to peel out. The door was ajar and the darkness of the portal opening. I swear I saw two reddish-yellow eyes. My breath became labored and in that moment, I believed their story. Eddie was driving close to 100 miles per hour down the mountain, trying to escape the terrain of the predator we had narrowly escaped. They had mentioned to me in the story the night before there was a giant government tunnel inside of the mountain that resembled CIA or FBI entrances to secret bases from the movies. Well, we passed it on the way down the mountain, and the entrance was open, without a guard or vehicle in sight. We slowed down to get a closer look. At a quick glance, the tunnel appeared to go on forever, with nothing more than a small dim light placed every ten feet along the way. Maybe this creature was the work of some government bullshit. We kept driving the silence, too afraid to admit what we all felt, what we all saw. I kept my eyes closed, too scared to open them. I feared that if maybe I looked out the window, the creature would be running alongside the truck or perhaps even reside in the bed. It had been five or six minutes since we left the rest stop, and I opened my eyes. I looked at the truck in the mirror and noticed that the temperature gauge had read 88 degrees. Arizona is never that warm in January, and especially not at 2 and 3 in the morning. I thought maybe Eddie's truck was malfunctioning, but after a few more minutes, the temperature reached the appropriate temperature. I brought the temperature raised to their attention. Just like last time, Dean said, pausing. We'll check it out when we hit town. The roads in the mountain are dirt, so after driving nearly five hours, the truck was a fair coat of dirt on it. 
We finally reached civilization again, and I was at ease. Eddie pulled the truck into a gas station. He ran inside for a drink, and Dean lit up a cigarette. He pulled out a flashlight and jumped in the bed of the truck, shining the light on top of it. He motioned for me to join, and without saying anything, pointed the thermometer reading on top of the truck. The dirt covering the truck made it easy to see the claw marks. It was as if the creature was perched on top of the truck, watching us while we wandered through his home. This explained the rays and heat. Eddie came back out and questioned while we were up there. He looked terrified and we asked him what was going on. Look at this. He pointed at the passenger side of the vehicle, where long claw marks made their impression on the side of the truck. Those marks had not been there when we stopped at the rest stop. The creature had followed us while we escaped his territory. We paid for a car wash and tried to forget about it. To this day, we've been on the Chupacabra hunt a dozen times. We usually bring another spectator with us intention of just scaring them, but we know. We know what we saw. When we tell the stories, Eddie, Dean, and I all suddenly look around and make sure we aren't being watched. We definitely are, though. The reddish-yellow eyes have all been seen by us again. Every time we make the trip to the dam, the creature does not like being invaded upon, and one of these times, he's going to get the courage to attack. Mm-hmm.